You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Hey, Colorado. This podcast is the monthly market update going over stats, trends, and deals for the month of July. I got the Vision Advisors crew in here from Southern Colorado to Denver to Northern Colorado. We have five or six deals we're going to talk about from room-by-room house hacks in Denver, Wash Park rental properties, to scrape and build fourplexes in Springs, to duplex up north. So lots of fun deals to talk about, uh, and deals are still happening in this market. Some creative partnerships, some creative deal making. So lots of fun stuff to talk about. So I'll uh, introduce everyone as we kind of go around since we got the studio full today. But good morning, everyone. Yeah, it's a full house. Glad to be here, Chris. I know. I love it when you're making the studio. Um, you know, Jenny, we're going to start with you. You're down south. Hey. You know, work our way up north. So we got, we got Jenny Bayless, uh, who lives in Colorado Springs, invests in Springs and Pueblo. And her and Leah, I mean, they just know the market, do a bunch of deals. So what's going on down south, Jenny? Yeah, so I'll just jump into the stats because it's very quick, kind of same as usual. Um, we are down in median price, about 2.5% from last month, which I thought was that was kind of a big jump month to month, I thought. But overall, year over year, it's only down 2%. So not a huge difference on that. I feel like the Springs and Pueblo have definitely been on a little bit more of a roller coaster than what we've seen yeah. in, in the metro area, for sure, you know, yeah. from month to month, right? I don't know if it's a numbers game too, because we just have a lot less inventory Volume, period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Um, and then for new listings, the most interesting thing I found about that was that um we're at the lowest amount uh, we're at the lowest amount of new listings for a July in the last five years. Wow. So the you know, lowest amount of new listings coming on the month of July for the last five years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So even pre COVID, I thought that was kind of interesting. So yeah. I think it's, you know. What everyone's been hearing, probably like no one wants to sell, um, that sort of thing. So, um, but then jumping into the more kind of you know recent deals and everything that we've been working on is uh, we have um, client actually two clients they partnered up um, within the Envision ecosystem. So yeah, this that, is cool. That was yeah, pretty yeah, neat. That's pretty um, sweet. Yeah. So so they are partnering up on a, a room by room rental uh, with the intent of adding a lot of bedrooms to the property. Like it's set up really well to add bedrooms, bathroom, um, and do just a regular room by room rental. Because as we've been noticing uh, probably over the past year, nothing in Colorado Springs cash flows without a creative strategy to it. So house hacking room by room, this is a traditional rental room by room. Um, they're getting a DSCR loan on it. So they're doing everything very creatively in, in terms of the partnership, the value add, the loan type, like they're just really going outside the box. And I think that's how you make things work in this environment. So just kind of wanted to advertise, you know, kind of their strategy. And like, if, if you're interested in kind of going outside the box, let us know. Cause we're always happy to talk options with people and just give them ideas and they can fit what works best for them. What are the rough, that's, rough that's numbers on this market is you just got to be creative, right? Yeah. Like everything yep. has to be viewed through a little bit of a different set of eyeballs. And what we've looked at it over the last couple of years when everything was very cookie cutter and Hey, this works and the numbers work, but now you got to kind of step outside of that box and be like, all right, how can I make this work? Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So rough numbers, they're aiming for, I believe a 10% cash on cash. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. So 
Even well, with a DSCR loan, mm-hmm. huh? Yep. Do you know it, the terms on that? I don't actually. Okay. I'm kind of. I'm very. I haven't curious. seen one recently. Yeah. Oh. Um. Like a ha- like a closed DSCR loan. So I know there. We had one in Pueblo. Yeah. So people are starting to do that now. Good. It's really interesting. So I don't have the you know details. I mean, they have a, they have kind of a long way to go to get this up and running. So I definitely want to do a deal analysis with actual rehab numbers and, and once they get tenants and everything and kind of close the loop on that, but it's looking very positive. And they're estimating about a 10% cash on cash return once it's updated and stabilized. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, Really impressive. That's (laughs) higher than I thought. It's not something we see a whole lot these days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Great. They're pumped about that. So that's one, one that I have literally zero involvement other than kind of sanity checks with Leah on is um, she has a, a client that is a general contractor and they're working on a scrape and build possibility down there. So um, yeah, million dollar views, but um, a very not million dollar home on it that, you know, they're just going to take that ha- home off. And his plan is actually to build a luxury fourplex on it because it's zoned appropriately I mean, the location is fantastic. Um, you know, she and I were kind of throwing around rough numbers. And if, you know, we're kind of thinking like 1.4-ish uh, for a sales price on that. So I don't know if he's going to keep it or what what the plan is for that. I think he's going to try to sell it once it's done. Um, there's a long way to go on that. I have no idea what the build numbers are because, um, you know, that's his forte. So I assume he's correct on that. Um, That'll be a, a really cool one. That yeah. has it. I mean, yeah. again, that'll take a couple of years to progress, but yeah. like, as it <laughs> yeah. goes, because you still don't hear, I mean, you don't see a lot of like infill or scrapes down there. At least I haven't. Uh, there are a few in certain pockets of town, like very specific West side or downtown are really the only areas that I see. Um, but we have like, as a group have not worked with anybody, um, with that strategy. So I'm kind of pumped from an outsider to, to learn a lot from, from their experience on that. Um, cause I know nothing about it, uh, on that end. Um, and then just, well, I've done a yeah. few deals up here in Denver. So if you need yeah. help or have any questions, let me know. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the last kind of bit of just, you know, personal, um, you know, rental, uh, I had a turnover. The tenants were there for like four years and I raised the rent $300 um, on this property. Nice. So single family or single family, um, just three bed, one bath, one car garage. What was your turn cost? That was kind of a lot, but I'm going to, I'm going to make up everything in, uh, in one year based on the additional rent alone. So it was about 3,600, 4,000, I think for the turn cost. So since I raised the rent 300 bucks, that's kind of how I'm, I'm seeing Justifying it. it. Yeah. Wow, so if they were in there for four years and they were paying rent and yeah. zero vacancy. And I, had, yeah, you came yeah. out, you still came out pretty well. Oh yeah. That. And we have the house, this house paid off. So, you know, in terms of like pure cash flow or whatever, we'll get it paid back in a few months. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. That's awesome yeah, but that's just, normal for our turnovers down here mm. you know so um very interesting um you know but the the segue into that we kind of like bounce around and uh i know steve medina up north you were just t- talking with the property manager up there yeah. and sounds like he's that property manager seeing and other uh, uh pms are seeing some interesting trends which i think kind of go along with what jenny was saying there so what was your uh kind of trend you were seeing in rent growth well, uh, you know, we t- sat down and talked with them and they're seeing the single families are still really flying. 
And so mm-hmm. they're up six, eight percent. You know, we had a turn last month and we were up 12 percent over what it was before. So it was this is nice... one of your rentals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they're seeing more rentals go at a better and faster rate. They're still pretty competitive. Um, the multifamilies are a little more sluggish. So they're but they're up, you know, they're up a couple mm-hmm. percent. So that's not bad. Um, and they're seeing some things where there's some reluctant landlords. Um, there's some folks that have to move for work or whatever out of town and they go, I don't think I can get the price I want. So let's just rent it out. So they've been reaching out to them and talking about having it be a rental. Um, there's some other things going on that they have that they're, you know, seeing out there that, you know, some of the regulations are causing some challenges, you know, with the, the, the deposits that they can ask for and, and, uh, some of the other COVID things that they have to do and, and that, and so they're trying to manage through those because they're not well articulated to them. So they're still trying to figure out even some of the COVID policies, parts of them are lingering on. And so they have to kind of navigate and they're still trying to figure out exactly how to do that. So, mm-hmm. but overall for single family rentals, it's still pretty bullish up there. So we're, well, and I think a lot of that probably has to do with, you know, just the affordability that we're seeing in, in the purchase market, right? I mean, there's a lot of yeah. people that are getting priced out of being able to afford buying something right now. And exactly. we kind of saw that coming with everything that was going on in the market. And now, you know, they're being forced to, to keep renting again, but they still have a lifestyle and they're trying to, trying to keep their single family home, you know, going. So yeah, that's, that's a big been part like of it, you know, the trend that I've seen talking to other investors in PMs, like single family rental seems like a, mm-hmm. across the board about the, seeing the biggest rent jumps and also the fastest, uh, placements. Yeah. But I said one of my, uh, I have a fourplex up in Westminster and one of the tenants just gave notice they wanted to break their lease early. Um, so they started uh, marketing the property and I think not in the first week in the partial week of marketing. So this is a multifamily update a couple of years ago. We're pushing rents to like 1650 and some bill back for a two bed, 1.5 mm-hmm. bath. So wow. it's, you know, it's a it's pretty good upper end up there. But the first week we already had uh, eight inquiries um, or whatever. Yeah, eight something, eight inquiries. And the PM's like, yeah, we'll keep the rent at the same rate and bump it up a little bit as well. Yeah. So like, I was happy to see that because I think just- it just shows there's activity. Well, in the there's rent, rent market, demand right? all over yep. the place. Yeah. Um, I think it's like Preston sure. said, is that people are getting kind of priced out of that um, ability to, to buy because they may not have the down or something like that. Yeah. So- but there are some, you know, folks that are having depend upon their employment history and that that are doing double deposits and that. So they, mm-hmm. you know, that's where I like that the landlords um, have some protection too. So that's why I like our property manager because they do a good job of kind of making sure that they meet a certain standard. Um, and I know that the debt to income and some of that is changing a little bit, right, Newton? Yeah. And uh, but you know, if we can, you know, make sure that that you know we're we're doing our fair share and they're doing their fair share, then it works out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for this one in particular, I got it filled in four days. It's awesome. So I marketed it the day before the other people moved out. I had all my contractors lined up and basically told all the perspectives, like, this is what we're doing. That's why the house is like a disaster right now. But, you know, by the time I handed over keys, it looked great. Um, Are you managing them yourself? Yes. Um, With turnaround times like that, can you manage my property? I was pretty neat after that. Jenny likes to bang her head against the wall. Yeah, I was pretty neat after that. (laughs) Yeah, that's impressive. (laughs) Have you thought about Northern calling? Yeah, no, I do not offer my services to anyone but myself. But um, yeah, so, you know, just kind of thinking it's, it's, you know, interesting what you said, Preston, that I think, um, you know, in this case, if they were to buy it at what it's worth right now, they'd be paying more in a mortgage than what they're paying in rent. Mm -hmm. Plus, 
I fix everything. So you can't beat that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, and I've had conversations with clients and people on this side of it as well, is that a lot of people are still waiting on this interest rate thing to figure itself out, which mm-hmm. I personally don't think that's going to change anytime this year. And there's a lot of people that are like, well, I'm just going to rent for another year. I'm going to wait and see what happens. I'm going to sit on the sidelines. And they're like, cool. Like Jenny said, I can go rent a house, a single family house for cheaper than what a mortgage is going to cost me right now, even though there's a lot of other benefits, as we know, to buying and owning real estate and investing in it. But you know, I think there there's a segment of of the population that's definitely doing that for sure. I think, yeah, there's a good chunk. Yep. So Preston, going up to you, give us some updates on the Denver trends. Mm-hmm. And we've got uh, a couple of deals to talk about. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, obviously we don't want to get too far in the weeds with with a bunch of the data here and we can post all that in the show notes, but um, active listings are down year over year, about 15%, 14%, which I think we're kind of starting again. We've talked about it before. We're seeing that seasonality back in the market that we have and going back to, you know, people not wanting to sell and stay in put for a little while. I think that's adding to that as well. I think one of the big things for me that, you know, I want to reiterate is that, you know, year over year, we're still up quote unquote 1% in you know average sales price in denver so no we're not falling off a cliff things are not going crazy i have a feeling by the end of the year we're probably going to be somewhere around that same number pretty flat plus or minus a percent or two which you know at the end of the day is is what it's going to be but there's definitely not going to be this huge you know price drop that everyone is seeing and i think you know mortgage rates are going to stay where they're at for a little while and it's just going to kind of be one of those hang tight markets it's a new normal yep. for a while. Exactly. People kind of got through that process where they were going that dip where the first shock of interest rates that happened last summer, then they kind of got through that and said, okay, the dust is settling. I kind of see what I can see. It's going to be this mm-hmm. way for a while. And so now they're either going to make a decision or they're not. And so, the- and, and on the flip side of that, I also think that's why it makes it a great time to buy real estate and yeah. ride the wave because we know there's going to be a little bit of a correction at some point with interest rates and or inventory or probably both at some point. And that's when you're really going to be able to take advantage of, of what's going on in the market. So yeah, I, I, that that's, that's the big takeaway for me right now is don't sit on the sidelines. Yeah. And I just, I think anyone holding their breath, waiting for a big price drop and like, mm-hmm. you know, single family or residential, like it's not going to happen. Like we're nope. seeing that, like, you know, commercial multifamily and commercial properties, like, you know, those loans are floating now or they're coming due. And I mean, I've seen some, <laughs> some properties. I mean, people are buying them at 2019 prices now. Mm-hmm. It's a 15, 20% drop. Um, up and down the front range, like that's where the pain is right now. Big time. Um, in the residential, it's just people can just sit it out because they got 30 year fixed rates so low. Well, um, and it's, it's almost like if you kind of think about it, it's like, remember when you were a kid and you'd grab the hose and you'd squeeze the hose closed and not much water come out the end? Well, that's what they're doing with interest rates right now. But as soon as that lets go, it's going to come blasting out and then everybody's going to try and jump back in. And so prices are going to go up. And everybody's going to be in that feeding frenzy. So you're going to see appreciation happen then, but you're looking too well, short term. The right other now. part of the market right now is that even though you don't hear about the quote unquote feeding frenzy that we're seeing out there with boots on the ground kind of agent stuff, I mean, properties that are priced right. And we've talked about this before. They're priced right. Yep. They're in locations where people want to be. They're in good shape. They just have those qualities. We're still seeing multiple offers. We're still seeing bidding scenarios. Like they're still a lot of activity happening in the market. It's just a little bit more subdued than what we're used to, but I think that it's going to change a lot. When some of the veterans are out there, you know, uh, we were showing some houses on Thursday afternoon that we were in line mm-hmm. to be able to get in there with other people that mm-hmm. were going to, you know, flip or, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so then you get an email that says, you know what, they're going to be taking all these bids and, you know, closing. And so there's still a lot of activity out there on the right properties that have yep. to go now. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's just whether or not somebody feels 
like they can get past the anxiety. You got to jump off the, the cliff, right? What, yeah, watching <laughs> the headlines and get past it because right now they're held back by fear. And so, you know, until they can kind of manage that fear, which most people have now, right? Yeah. They've gotten through it. And they're like, oh, we're not all going to die. It's yeah. going to be okay. We're going to move through it. And now they're getting creative, like some of the things that you were talking about. So I think those are going to be really powerful for those people that kind of look through the, yep. the murkiness through the fog, of the media right? yeah. Yeah. and say, okay. Well, I'm selling one of my rentals. Uh, I think end of this week hits the market. It should. Yeah. Um, and so I'll keep I know we're recording this in August, about July, but Chris has definitely got an awesome uh, property with a detached ADU that is going to be coming on the market here. So if you guys have any questions, uh, reach out to Chris or myself. Yeah, but I'm seeing the same thing. Like I'm, we'll list it. I think we're listed, you know, at that right price point. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, like, spend a good chunk of money to remodel it because people do want uh, a remodeled property. They want to buy a property and then put thirty thousand remodeling it. So doing that to fix up, I'll share with the numbers and we'll talk about the, you know, how much interest we have on there because we're definitely pricing it. Hopefully, a good spot. Yep, a little bit of fair market value to drive eyeballs, uh, drive walkthroughs, and drive offers. So yep, for sure. And then there's one more deal I wanted you to talk about, Preston, before we move up 25. Mm -hmm. um, you I think just closed on this week with a client um, who bought a rental. Uh, that'll turn into a primary in Wash Park. And we just don't talk about many high-end luxury rentals anymore. We not talk about in a while, especially at a 7 8% rate. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this was actually a really unique and fun deal to, to work with a client who was selling a property out of state, doing a 1031 exchange into an investment property here in Denver um, in Wash Park. It's pretty cool. It's two bedrooms up, <clears throat> one bathroom, and then it's got a separate entrance with uh, a separate basement and bathroom downstairs. So it's pretty unique, unique situation. It's definitely going to be a good, good rental. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity in that market and that, in that location to either do long-term rental, medium, short-term, split it up either way. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they were, you know, moving, you know, quite a bit of equity out of a property, um, out of state. And so this just ended up being a great opportunity for them. And, you know, I think one day it may end up becoming a primary residence, but it still, you know, shows that there's properties here in town and, you know, nice parts of town that, you know, will, will work for, for rental properties. So you said it should be around about a break-even cash flow, right? Yeah. It's going to be around a break-even cash flow, which again, as we know right now is <laughs> pretty good when we can find it. Um, well, you especially know, in places like yeah. Washburn. Yeah. That's why I was so curious. Location. I was like, how, how negative will that be? And it yeah. was, I was yeah. really, really surprised. Well, you know, and I think a lot of that obviously comes with, you know, the amount of, of cash they're putting down from from a 1031. But at the end of the day, that's the other thing we're seeing in this market, right, is we're having to put a little bit more, a little bit more, you know, money on, on the table to help make the numbers work, but you can still make stuff work. And so, you know, this place will rent for, you know, long term minimum 3,500 to four grand. Um, and then if they end up doing some shorter medium term rental to help offset that and kind of split things up, I think it's it's going to be great. So I'm, I'm excited to see how everything, you know, kind of plays out and where, where everything ends up. Obviously, you know, like we always talked about, we don't have that crystal ball, but we look at as much data and as many numbers as we can. And at the end of the day, buyer was comfortable with it. We were able to make the numbers work, got the deal done and it's, it's going to be a great property. Did they sell the out of state property or did they just tap into the equity there? Nope. They sold the out of state property. Okay. Yep. Um, so, you know, again, there's always a lot of things in play between working with the listing agent on the other side to kind of figure out coordination and timing and, hey, what's going on? And they were able to get um, an all cash deal that closed in 10 days, which really helped us on our side um, be able to get an actual contingent offer accepted in this market um, and work with the sellers to get everything done. And, um, you know, the sellers were trying to buy another place as well. So it was, you know, 
definitely not the easiest of transactions and was was a little bit stressful at times, but we were able to get it done and everybody walked away happy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. And also kind of comes down to like, you know, if you talk about buying deals when people are doing, it's like, it's so like, you know, there's looking at the deals, but there's content context for what the investor is up to as well. Hey, this investor is moving out of a very high equity, low cap rate, California property, mm -hmm. different mindset, different goals, different phase of life, different markets mm -hmm. moving into like, and then we talk about the unique partnership that uh, Jenny had with some, you know, one's a, a younger, newer, hungry investor. And it's all about like the different types of deals they can find, but a lot of it's based on, hey, what can we see? But also like, I like having the context on there as well. For sure. Because straight numbers tell half the story. Right. Um, yeah, there's there's some, always a lot yeah. more happening behind the scenes than what's just on the spreadsheet. Right? Yeah. And so that, <laughs> that's always one thing that I want to keep people keep in mind is like, just don't look at numbers, but also get the story, get the context behind it. Hey, why is this person buying? Why is this person selling? Why does it make mm -hmm. sense for him or her? And then understand, learn from that and apply it to your situation. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, don't stop at the headline. Keep going. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Look at the fine print sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, New Weiler, Steve Medina, you guys are, this is your third or fourth podcast with us. You are the newer members of Envision Advisors with representing Northern Colorado now. So, thank you guys and also being a part of the podcast. So, uh, what are the trends like up there, guys? You know, it's it's somewhat similar. We've got um, some of the markets and cities up there are actually up. You know, most of that downturn that was happening from summer of last year till kind of March, April of this year, has kind of turned itself around. There's still a couple markets. I think you know Greeley and Johnstown haven't fully come out of it. But well, you've that's got the thing. I think it's very unique about Northern Colorado is you've got a lot of quote unquote submarkets, right? Like down yeah. here in the metro area, we kind of have the metro area, and yeah, we've got right. some neighborhoods and things like that. But it's definitely a lot more spread out and a lot more diverse up north. Um, and I think that that plays a lot into kind of, you know, the numbers that you see up there. Yeah. So you have all the cities that are in kind of the Larimer side. And so they're, they tend to all be up a couple percentage points. And then we've got Weld County that some of those are up a lot, but you've got all the way down to Longmont and rent seem to be doing well. We've looked at those, you know, Northern Colorado is doing pretty well. I mean, Boulder's kind of that one that's, it's, it's its own little entity. It's going to so be its, its own little outlier, It's, it's right? high. It's yeah, high you can't just put out the yeah. side, though. And... They like it that way. Though. But when you look at Colorado, Colorado as a whole is like um, 20, I think 21% higher than like most of our fellow states next to us. You know, you've got Utah, you've got New Mexico, you've got Kansas. You know, we're, we're not we're we're a different animal and then up in northern colorado we're still seeing that so we've got somewhat the same number of of units on the inventory up in northern colorado but they're going just a little bit slower so there's a little more opportunity to be able to negotiate and find some deals you know i just uh literally did a poll this morning to see that there's like 70 two to four unit multifamilies between boulder and and or excuse me uh boulder you know and larimer and weld and you know they're there's you know still opportunity out there you know but you're going from this extreme with boulder they've got um 15 out there that their average price is 1.6 million and then you go down to Greeley where you've got um 16 uh coincidentally enough and it's 569,000 so you know depend upon those that's where people can that's look a big spread between purchase price yeah <laughs> yes and those those could be a duplex or a triplex there's not many triplex but you know some of those but we looked at a triplex in boulder and gun barrel on thursday and you know the numbers are close to working so you know even some of these were newton and i looked at one last wednesday there was a fourplex yeah, that 
um, pulling some of the numbers, you know, the rents look like they were a couple hundred bucks per unit under. So even at an 8% investor rate, it still would be somewhat cash flow positive going in. So the, the investors that are seeing those and able to kind of see, well, okay, well, exactly like you said earlier, what we've got, what can we do with it? Mm-hmm. And then find a way to be able to take up, you know, value or or find a better deal on it because you can either buy equity or you can buy cash flow. And right now it's kind of buying equity. Yeah. So, and then Noose got some good stuff going too, so. Well, mine's you. Mine's mostly just boots on the ground stuff. <clears throat> Steve's the smart one. Of no, I... <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, we, well, we're closing on a duplex this Friday, which you know it's a house hack where the clients are actually going to live on one side of that, and that's going to be in Fort Collins. So that's kind of nice that we were actually able to find that. And yeah, uh, that seems pretty unique to be able to find a house hack in in Fort Collins. Y- well, yeah, and uh, Fort Collins typically has a higher price point up there as far as our you know pocketed yeah what is the the duplex purchase price approximately actually this one is where we were able to get it around 530 so that was less expensive like I yeah i was definitely thinking well and it's actually outside of the city limits so that's <laughs> okay that's helpful because yeah. anything right down in old town you're looking closer to eight okay that's, that's kind of what i was thinking yeah <laughs> So a lot lower price point, but obviously the numbers work for, for the client, right? Yeah, they work for the client and, you know, it had some deferred maintenance and fell out of com- uh, contract a couple times before us. So it helped that we were, we had a client that was willing to take on some of that stuff. And I think what Just you also did that deals. people sometimes forget is doing a backup offer. That's right. That's know, right. They, they went in, something happened and there was a offer that was accepted ahead of them. But, you know, Newt went in and said, let's make sure that we have the backup offer when it fell out, guess who's in number one position without having to do anything mm-hmm. else? And so, you know, I think that's part of that. Can't even count the amount of deals that I've got out of, out exactly. of backup offers. Because I mean, what does Lon say? It's like 25% of the deals. It I mean, seems it's closer to 30, high. I think now, from what we've seen after. Because people's the, situations change and yep. all of a sudden they're, they're not, but being in backup position is a great space. And I think that's one of the, you know, key strategies that helps you on this one. So that's, you know, hats off to you. Oh, I agree. Thank you. And yeah, we've got a lot of owner occupancy stuff going on up there too. But uh, yeah, it's the for whatever reason we're starting to see. You know, in April, May, and June, it seemed a little bit slower for me personally as far as the agent side of things. But after right around July, it just the floodgates are starting to open. So the people that were prepared mm-hmm. are starting to get out there and and take things on. Maybe they've just gotten used to the rates. And they can make the numbers work in their heads. Not sure exactly what's going on. I, I think it's somewhat the psychology of it. Yeah. You know, after you've been in it for a while, you go, oh, we're we're not gonna perish. And because it was all doom and gloom last fall, interest rates up high. And then you go, okay, well, I, I I'm still driving to work. I'm still doing my stuff. I'm still doing all my things. <laughs> Life is still gonna happen. Life yeah. is still gonna go on. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, why am I letting this get in my way? And so that's what's And here's all the other advantages to getting off the sidelines, you know. Yep. So, yep. yep, I agree hundred percent. And so there's, there's people out there that are doing it. We may be having a little bit lower inventory, but you know, people still have to get this done. They have changes in their family and they're starting to see that, you know what, this, this too shall pass, you know, but what mm-hmm. it will be on the other side is potentially lower interest rates and, and a, a faster appreciation. Cause it's that hose that's going to let go. And then things are going to kind of get back and then they'll find some medium point. That's like, you know, equilibrium mm-hmm. if there's any such thing anymore so well said 
And uh, hey, as we wrap up here, I know a couple weeks ago we did a Northern Colorado investing webinar. I think the following week from now, we're doing one in Southern Colorado with Jenny. A couple weeks after that, we're doing one in Denver. So we're doing some new webinars and those are being posted to the website. And I think we're going to do the replays on the podcast as well that are a lot more just market specific, a little bit more dive into data, uh, dive into a couple of deal analyses and just the trends and opportunities that we see in those marketplaces. And they're all slightly different. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, real estate really is all about, you know, that local, local, local. And Pueblo is different than the Springs, which is different than Denver, which is different than, you know, all the submarkets up north. So if you guys are wanting to dive into the deeper opportunities and markets on the front range, check out those webinars. I will put the links in the show notes or just email one of us. We'll get you hooked up on there as well. But like, as you can see, like we're seeing opportunities out there. Things are definitely different from they were a year ago, uh, but things still make a lot of sense. If any questions, we'd love to sit down with you, educate you and see if there's a good deal out there that fits, uh, fits your criteria. Criteria. So uh, as we wrap up here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, any uh, closing thoughts, stats, deals you want to throw out here? Well, Preston, do you want to talk about the taxes? Yeah, so that was one thing I was going to kind of bring up. And thanks for reminding me, Newt. Um, You know, I think one thing that, you know, a lot of people are getting a little bit shocked by right now is taxes. And we've talked about that before, but there's been anywhere between a 20 and 40 percent increase in property taxes here in in the metro area and you know basically all across Colorado and I think that's going to be something that is going to come into consideration for a lot of people as they're starting to analyze deals and look at current properties mortgages are going to go up you know all those escrows are going to change all that kind of stuff so I think that that's definitely something that is going to be a trickle down effect and be a big thing for for a lot of people insurance too yep my premiums have skyrocketed I've had some um, providers cut me off because I apparently have too many properties. Um, yes, Jenny, uh, that you're was just a first. giant risk. Okay, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that was a new one. I think they're just kind of finding any reason to. to well, and let's face people. it, we've had kind of a crazy summer here with hail, yeah. and right now Colorado's mm-hmm. currently ranked number. Oh, two hail! And how many hail. basements have flooded? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. again, that's going to be another trickle down effect once all the insurance companies get through dealing with all this stuff and paying all that, I mean, it's definitely going to yeah. have, have an effect on, on a lot of people. So between yeah. taxes and insurance, I think that's something that people really need to make sure they consider as they're analyzing and looking at properties. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I did not have great luck with my uh, tax protest on some of the properties. <laughs> I did. You did great. I got like nine out of 12 that I protested. Did you? Yeah. I- I got like one. <laughs> um, the rest I was like, oh man, all right. Well, I, I thought I'd get a little more than that. Um, but speaking of like insurance, I've heard like I've talked to some people earlier this week or last week at the Yearcast other big uh, big meeting and some mountain and foothill people. And you're working playing about insurance down here, up there. Oh my gosh, you're like doubling and tripling. Yep. And they were saying some it's all the all the wildfires. Like we're also ranked number three for wildfires in the country. So yeah. between hail and wildfires, like it's not good. So <laughs> if you're up if you're up in the mountains, like yes, taxes, insurance, but up there, I've, it's been a, I've heard a lot of more horror stories up there coming down, especially in like some of the they say like the smaller condo complexes mm-hmm. where they just don't have like you know hundreds of units to spread out the risk increase. But one complex, I forget how big it was, decent sized complex near Keystone. Uh, the broker was telling me it's going to be $2,500 assessment per unit just for this year's increase in insurance premium. Will be next year, probably 25 and plus. So, I mean, yeah, be aware of that. But if you're out in the foothills, be doubly aware of it, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know of any rumblings as to what the effect might be? Do you think people will just 
stay and grin and bear it and pay the the special assessment? I, I haven't heard the I don't know. It was just okay. it was just you know over a cup of coffee yeah. that you know I was kind of like I love like hearing other people like hey they know that market so well like I just like listening to them. It was all just predictions. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how many people are going to sell? People eat it. What's going to cost? Yeah. So, like, we don't, we don't know, but it's causing some, you know, just causing some pain. Up Big there. surprise yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. 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 Cool. Awesome. Well, I think the monthly market updates were some of the most fun moments during the month for me. So, Newt, Preston, Jenny, Steve, thank you guys. Listeners and viewers out there, thank you. If there's specifics you want to know more about, tell us. We'll try it next month. But most importantly, we all live locally. We all invest locally. We all do deals locally. If you have any questions for Southern Colorado, Denver, Northern Colorado, reach out to us. We are here to give you the stats, the information, and help you make the best move for your portfolio. So thank you, team. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thank you.